the Friday free for all. We talk about the commander sale, throwback jerseys, and more. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope you're all having a fantastic start to your Friday, a close to the week. A massive day in the world of the NFL with the Washington Commanders being sold. A massive day in the world of Hollywood as we were talking in the pre-show about Oppenheimer. But Oppenheimer and Barbie come out today. So a massive Friday and massive close to the week and beginning of the weekend here on the TDN Daily Podcast. We've got a fun one in store for you here today because it is the Friday free for all. I have come to the table with two topics. We're going to talk in depth about the Washington Commander sale becoming official. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the throwback jerseys in the National Football League. But the live YouTube chat is right there on the side of my screen. And whatever they say throughout the course of this show is going to go. They are going to dictate what topics we we get into after those first two. And they are two pretty big ones. And we'll start with the Washington Commander's sale being official because there's a lot of, of stuff that has come out of this this deal becoming official. There is the stuff about the report, the findings um, into the Washington Commanders, Mary Jo White's report into workplace misconduct. Uh, Dan Snyder got fined $60 million as a result of the findings, and it's not uh, a surprise that this um, report gets released and the findings are made public and a fine is levied once the sale is made official. Um, th- the timing of that is not coincidental. It's exactly the way the NFL wanted it to, hap- to happen. Um, and the $6 billion sale for the commanders is official. Uh, they are going to chart a new course. Uh, Josh Harris is going to be the leader of this new group that I believe includes Magic Johnson to be the, the new um, owners of the commanders. And the first place I'd like to start here is I know what this means to commanders fans across uh, the league, a- across the country, who are breathing a sigh of relief, that are happy that the Dan Snyder era has come to an end. And I have this great tweet that Adam Schefter put together on what Dan Snyder's tenure looked like as the owner of the Washington Commanders. He owned the team for 24 seasons, six playoff appearances, two playoff wins, no NFC championship game appearances, 10 head coaches, 27 different starting quarterbacks, and a 427 winning percentage, which ranked 27th in the National Football League that courtesy of Adam Schefter yesterday on Twitter. And that's just the the on-the-field product for the Washington Commanders. A lot of the turmoil, the turbulence, the roller coaster ride that was Dan Snyder's tenure as the owner of the Washington Commanders wasn't just the 427 winning percentage. It wasn't just the six playoff appearances in 24 seasons. It was the way he conducted himself off the field. It was the findings of the Mary Jo Williams report about what the team did with with um, some some finances and some accounting stuff. It's the workplace misconduct allegations. It is the laundry list of off-the-field things that have plagued the Washington Commanders during the 24 years that Dan Snyder has been the tenure. And, for, and, and so yesterday, and now moving forward, there is a sigh of relief that there is a different person in charge, and hopefully, don't know how long it's going to take for the on-field product to get better, but that normally sorts itself out. You can't really fix off-the-field workplace culture, workplace misconduct stuff, unless you change the person at the top. And today is a good day in that regard, as the Washington Commanders have made that change. Now, speaking of changes, there's a lot of changes that apparently are going to occur for the Washington Commanders. Is One of the big things that has come out 
from Magic Johnson, from Don Van Atta, Jr. of ESPN yesterday, is that a name change is very, very much on the table for the Washington Commanders. Now listen, as somebody who was very partial to the era in which they were called the Washington football team, I'm not a huge fan of the Commanders name anyway, so I would sign up for a name change and for them to do something different. But this, it goes back to, and I'll read the quote from Don Van Atta Jr. Quote, I think there's a pretty good chance of that to erase any part of the, of the Snyder legacy to have a complete do-over, end quote. And I hear this quote, and I wonder how much it is going to extend beyond just a name change. Is it going to extend to the coaching? Is it going to extend to the general manager? Is it going to extend to the roster? Is it going to extend to um, things that are, are occur in the stadium? Is there going to be a concerted effort over the next 12 to 18 months to try to very, very quickly right the wrongs of the Dan Snyder era. Look, it's a very easy PR win for Josh Harris and his group, right? They have the easiest job in the world to Washington Commanders fans. They are already viewed as a savior. There's not a whole lot that they could do right now in the short term that would make those people mad. So if they are able to change the name because they want to completely rewrite the Dan Snyder era, and they want to completely set their own course, which, by the way, I agree with, and two, is their right as the new owners of the team. If you walk in and you bought a business, you bought a sports franchise, you bought something, you would obviously evaluate what's working, and you'd keep those things. You don't get to Josh Harris's level of a businessman without being able to know what things to keep and what things to move on from. And so I think Josh Harris is going to use 2023 as a complete evaluation season of what stuff around here, name, the way we conduct ourselves in the concession stand, the stadium, training camp, the organizational structure, ticket sales, I mean, all the stuff, everything in the world that occurs in a, in a sports franchise, Josh Harris is going to spend 2023 evaluating and seeing what to keep. Now, Sam Teets does bring up a very good point in the chat that Josh Harris chose to keep Ben Simmons and move on from Jimmy Butler. That's a basketball thing, Sam, okay? We'll see how he does with the football side of things. But I don't. I understand it. And so I'm going to be very, very intrigued to see what 2023 looks like. And Heldy just said in the chat, I think unless some crazy positive year, they clean house. And I tend to agree with that. I think you're going to see sweeping changes, uh, not because they're 100% warranted, but because a new owner is going to want to make their mark on their team now. Um, and I think you're going to see some positive changes that get made that make um, this team better. Dan Finch says, afternoon UK time. Afternoon, Dan. Hope you're having a great start to your day. But I look at this, and by the way, it was a unanimous approval for Josh Harris to be the new owner for the Washington Commanders. I don't think that's much of a surprise. We, we saw the reports a couple of weeks ago. Was it last week? A week and a half ago? The ESPN report about the blackmail PowerPoint? That's, I'm not surprised that it was a unanimous uh, approval for this sale to be put in place. Jamie says, promoting Eric Bieniemy to head coach after the season will be a positive PR move for them to, I'd imagine. Look, I, I'm not trying to discount um, that the move of promoting Eric Bieniemy or changing the team name or some of the, the, the things that we might see the Washington Commanders do. They're at rock bottom, so almost anything that they could do at this point will be a positive PR move. But yes, Jamie, I agree that making Eric Bieniemy a head coach would be a positive PR move. Um, I think the name change would be a positive PR move. I think there are a whole host of other things that they can do that could be a positive PR move, from season ticket sales, uh, from concession, from training camp, 
from all sorts of different things. Listen, I, the NFL is a business that goes beyond just the game each and every week. It's a lot of other things, you know, and they also want to make money and have this be a very lucrative business for them. They just spent $6 billion on it, right? Well, changing the team name generates t-shirts and jerseys and merchandise and lots and lots of merchandise dollars um, that could go a long way for them in that group. And again, the NFL is probably going to be very, very happy to be rid of an owner uh, that was has been a problem for them the last couple of seasons. Uh, Heldy, uh, there, you know, there are player outreach things. You know, you kind of mentioned that. There are lots of different things that they could do to be better in the community, to be better with former players, to just completely change the narrative, change the conversation, um, change the culture in that building. And it's not going to happen overnight, but there are some small steps that we could see them take here over the next couple of, of months and years that put them on on the uh, on the right track. I, I am intrigued to see what a name change looks like again for this team because they've, they haven't handled uh, the name change um, properly the last couple times they've had to do it. We'll see what they do under new ownership. And I'm now being trolled in the chat. Bailey says, that's a good topic we can talk about. Will the Cardinals draft Caleb Williams if given the chance? Listen, there are a lot of things that we can discuss in the Friday free-for-all. I normally allow a lot. That's on the do not discuss list for a very long time. Okay? We're not doing this again. And I know that this is now a recurring bit on the show that during the Friday Free Fall, you guys love to troll me and you want to have this conversation, but we're not doing it. Maybe after I watch Caleb Williams over the weekend, we talk about him on Monday or Tuesday. We can we can do that. But right now here on Friday, it's not going to happen. So I think great news for Commanders fans um, and whatever their team name is going to be in the future. I think it's great for the NFL. Um, again, not um, coincidental that the NFL releases the findings into the workplace culture uh, and the the financial uh, allegations against the Washington Commanders and Dan Snyder uh, right after the uh, unanimous approval of the uh, the sale to Josh Harris uh, that that drops and he's fined sixty million dollars. Not coincidental. Um, the NFL is always going to keep those things under the rug. I think for two reasons: one, um, they don't want the bad PR, but two, I wonder if they were concerned about Dan Snyder kind of retaliating if that report, if those findings came out before the sale was finalized and the $6 million would be heading Dan Snyder's way. So not a surprise that that ultimately ended up being the case. Now we're talking about Drake May and Bo Nix. Listen, guys, I got to get through all these quarterbacks. Just let me get through them and then we'll have a very lengthy conversation. The other thing I want to talk about here, and again, you guys know the drill. It's a Friday free fall. You throw whatever else uh, you want to talk about here in the chat as we go. I wanted to discuss, we're not going to break them down, like the stitching and the colors and stuff like that. But I have... This is maybe maybe a take or a thought that has crossed my mind that I want to know if I may be right or wrong here. Are we talking about throwback jerseys more than we ever have in years past? Is it Was there a memo that I missed that more teams were going to be using throwback jerseys in the year 2023? And now that I'm seeing like the Jets uh, sack exchange throwbacks leak, the Colts jerseys came out the other day, the Seahawks are like... It, did I miss something here? And listen, I'm pretty in tune here. We do a show every single day talking about the National Football League and the things that um, that that happen in the National Football League. We're pretty on top of it here on the show. Did I miss a memo? Jamie says there was a new rule or something, I believe, Chris. NFL allowed teams to use them more. So the NFL has opened the door for teams to, to, allow, to, to allow teams to use throwbacks more and like everybody is just storming through the gates. The new helmet rule. Ah, I see. The new helmet rule where they're able to use different helmets than the ones that they currently have, which is now pushing teams into using throwbacks. I do I do vaguely remember this being the case. I'm just, 
it's not a bad thing. I love I love jersey combos. I love throwbacks. I love all this stuff. I just it seemingly has come out of nowhere and everybody's doing it. And I just thought I missed something where like there was a new rule that was put in place where teams have to use throwback jerseys. But I do remember what you're talking about, Heldy, the new helmet rule where teams can now use a different um, shell on the the decal on the helmet. And so you're now start, starting to see teams um, do that. I, I don't think the Colts jerseys are that bad. I know people are up in arms about what they did with the helmet. Right. And I and I can I can understand that. I really don't think they're that bad. I don't think they're bad enough to warrant the kind of reaction that they've got. Are they great? No, they're not great. They're not my favorites. But I'm here to tell you, I don't think they're that bad. What other ones do I do? I need to look at and share my thoughts here on the show? I, I know I said I wasn't going to do this, but it clearly feels like this, this is what you guys want me to do. They're like, all right, not the worst. Hell, that's exactly how I feel. Disappointing? I think that's fair. I think the helmet's a bit of a weird choice. What other ones am I looking at? The Patriots are going to wear their Pat Patriot. I've seen those before. The Seahawks. All right. Seahawks throwbacks. Let's see what we got here. Oh, I like these. Oh, these are very good. These were well done. Give this person a raise. Give this team a raise. These are very good. Man, Geno Smith in the throwback Seahawks jersey is, is something I like seeing. Those are very nice. Very well done. I love the helmet. I love the blue. I love everything about it. It should be their main color scheme. You know? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They they could wear these. I, I think some of the throwbacks from back in the day, you could you could get away with wearing today, right? With a with a modernization. There are some that you just couldn't, right? They're just they they were made for for that time. Um and they just they just don't work, I think. They've modernized this Seahawks one. I think it works. I think you could use it. I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if, if you, if you gave everybody, if you hit everybody with the men in black light thing, terrible way to phrase it. You know what I'm talking about. The thing that removes your memory and people didn't know that these were throwback jerseys. I think people would like these jerseys on their own, not just because they're throwbacks. Bailey says, people getting angry at Madden ratings is the worst thing about Twitter right now. One, who cares? Two, rating doesn't mean anything to how they play in-game. I'm a huge sports video game fan. Sorry, I was collecting my thoughts there. I play MLB The Show on a pretty regular basis. I play FIFA, which is now going to be EA Sports FC on a regular basis. I've played some NHL from time to time. I've also played some Madden. I'm pretty sure Madden and NFL fans are the only community that obsess over the ratings of their of the fictional versions of real life players, of the video game versions of real life players, to the level that Madden people freak out about these ratings. Again, huge soccer guy, huge EA Sports FC FIFA fan. People don't obsess over the ratings of players in FIFA the way that we're doing it right now for Madden. I don't obsess over Mike Trout or Shohei Otani's or, you know, Francisco Lindor or um, Jacob DeGrom or Justin Verlander or Lucas G. Like, I don't obsess over the ratings of these players in any other sport. Yet it just feels like in Madden, it's like this weird thing where, like, if they're not rated well in Madden, you're not allowed to think they're good in real life. Like, I don't understand what goes on here. The only thing that people ever cared about with FIFA was who was they ranked higher, Messi or Ronaldo, not getting upset about the rating of depth pieces on the team. 
Well, and it was a bat like Bailey, the, the Messi versus Ronaldo thing, and not to get too in the weeds here, is that it was a back and forth each year of which guy was better in a given season. So it was always interesting to see what they would do. But there was a legitimate real-life reason to be paying attention to that. Jacob DeGrom's injury uh, rating is always too high in the show. You got to turn it up even higher. I just don't get it. I don't understand the obsession that occurs with these rankings and these ratings the way that there is in other sports. I don't understand it. it I, I really don't. Not, not, not my thing. I'm just going to play it. I'm probably not going to play the game because I don't think the game is very good, but the rating of the player doesn't really matter to me when I'm playing the game. Like, it, it impacts a team choice, but, like, if they didn't make Sauce a top-five corner in Madden, I'm going to be like, I think you're wrong, but I'm just going to move on with my life. Like, it's, it's okay. I'm not going to obsess over it uh, all that much. Uh, that is going to do it for us here on the Friday Free For All, at least the podcast version of the show. Appreciate everybody being here, rating, reviewing, subscribing, following along with us here on the show, sharing the show with a friend. We greatly do appreciate it. Uh, we've got... Oh, Jamie has snuck. Jamie has snuck a question in here that we're going to get in in the Friday free for all, and then I'll do the close. Chris, which three quarterbacks would you like to see on Netflix's quarterback show next season? Do I have to follow the model of really great quarterback, mediocre quarterback, random quarterback thrown into the mix? Do I have to follow that formula? If I have to follow that formula, I'll pick my answers. If you, if I can just pick any three, it might take me. No, any quarterbacks in the National Football League. All right, so I need entertainment value. By the way, I have not seen any of this quarterback series. Heard it's good. Kind of feels like they're stealing off the Drive to Survive F1 thing, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of that show. So I'm not really sure how much I'm going to like it, but I'll give it, I'll give it a try. So I can pick anybody that plays quarterback in the National Football League to be on the quarterback next season. I would like... Joseph R. Burrow. I actually think I'm going to fall into the one good quarterback, one middle-tier quarterback, and one backup quarterback. Because I'm going to go... No, I'm not. I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and I think I kind of want a rookie. Give me Bryce Young. Give me Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Bryce Young. I think it would be really, really cool for Netflix to follow a rookie quarterback campaign. So Bryce Young would be the selection. Those would be my three. But that is going to do it for us here on the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show with a friend. This is, this is for the podcast version. you got the video version of the show, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're live on the YouTube side of things. And we've got uh, a lot of fun stuff planned. We are now in the post show, starting it today. Jamie came up with a really good idea. The NFL, or Pro Football Reference, has come out with a NFL Immaculate Grid. And for those of you who don't know, there's an MLB Immaculate Grid. You'll have to see the post show to, to figure this out. It's a guessing game about players who've played for multiple teams. We're going to do it in the post show each and every day this week, or each and every day moving forward uh, until we get bored of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what you have to look forward to on the uh, video version of the show and the post show. If you join us Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can't join us live, you can catch us on demand. Just go to the Draft Network YouTube channel. Click the live tab. All of the videos are there as well, so you can click on any of them and catch back up with all any of the shows that you missed. But that is going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. We're back on Monday. Got a lot of fun stuff planned next week. We'll talk to you then.